Welcome to the Overcomers Unite podcast, where we believe that struggling well and overcoming are essential ingredients in your leadership journey. We share leaders' stories of overcoming to encourage and inspire you to keep pressing on. I'm your host, Grace Esther. This week, I'm sharing stories from our brothers and sisters in the Black community. Whatever your sentiments on what is happening in our nation, I am inviting you to listen to these stories. I am grateful for every person who has been willing to vulnerably share on this podcast by opening their heart. Today, I am inviting you in to hear my friend and sister in Christ, Brittany, share her story. Without further ado, here is Brittany's story. Welcome to Overcomers Unite. Today, we have a very special guest. Her name is Brittany Borgella. She is an amazing young woman who has been in ministry and really loves the Lord. And I'm going to let her kind of share a little bit about herself. Hello, Brittany. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Um, So yeah, my name is Brittany. I'm um, 20 years old. Uh, As I have um, been posting about and everything like that on my social media, I am an advocate for Christ. I'm an advocate for the gospel. Um, I'm currently 20 and a senior at East Reserve University pursuing history um, and hoping to get my master's soon after at Dallas Theological Seminary and um, hoping to teach about the gospel. Um, I also recently released a song. I'm an independent Christian artist and I released a song called An Offering. that reflects the life of Abraham and his willingness and his faithfulness to serve God. And also reflecting a little bit of Romans 12, 1 and 2, that says to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Yes. I can't wait to hear this Uh, because as I just told you, I've been in Romans 4 a lot about Abraham's belief and so being uh, counted as righteousness. So I'm super excited to hear that and everyone else hopefully will get to too. I'm really grateful that you're taking the time and space to share with us today. And I have uh, so many questions, even just like out of that. How did how did you begin writing that song, The Offering? We'll transition more into your story in a second, but I'm really curious. Um, well, <laughs> it's a long story. Um, I, I think this was probably like four years after me being saved um, that I started to get into songwriting and everything like that. However, I was kind of in a place where I was um, a bit lost in my faith, I would say, and I was like, kind of following teachings that were not biblical. And so God in his mercy and his grace um, led me back to his word. And I had just been reading through Genesis, like between, I believe it's like 17, chapter 17 and 20, where the uh, story of Abraham comes out. And after I had read for probably a couple of weeks, I had a dream of these words and these songs. And the next day I was able to put the lyrics to the paper and just start writing it. Wow. That's amazing. I love how certain songs, it literally, like the inspiration just comes so quickly. Mm -hmm. And other times, it's interesting when I'll talk to artists, like it can be a longer process, but certain songs, it just comes immediately. That's amazing. How long have you been in music? I'm just curious. Oh, well, I'm, I'm new to <laughs> new. Um, having that, being that I released 
my first song, I believe it was in January of this year. I'm definitely brand new, but I've been recording mm-hmm. for about two years now. Yes, that's so amazing. I love that. So one of the things I love about music is I feel like it can really bring up emotions and things that you've been through or what you're trying to press through. And even like with this song that you wrote, was there ever kind of a time in your life where you really felt um, like disoriented, like this isn't how it's supposed to be? Why is this so hard? And like what were the circumstances surrounding that for you? Um, yeah, most definitely. I have I have a few, so many. Um, I felt that way. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I really felt that way until I um, moved here to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm originally from uh, Brooklyn, New York, Canarsie. Some people may know. <laughs> but um, yes, I moved out to a small little area called East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And um, I think that was the first time I ever... Um, felt disoriented because it was quite a culture shock moving up here because where I originally grew up there were um, there was like a lot more diversity there were people who were look like me West Indian I'm Jamaican and Haitian and so there were people who were Guyanese Trinidadian um, all these different um, nationalities and cultural backgrounds that were there and when I came here and I I was young I was probably about nine going to school was just way different because there was nobody there who could relate to me culturally who looked like me I felt literally like an an alien and um you know I I started to try to blend in kind of when that happened like I tried to kind of like assimilate to uh the culture just to kind of like fit in but there were just so many instances of comments being made and situations that would happen that would make me recognize like yeah you don't belong a part Mm -hmm. of this like you are not welcome Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah and um and in terms of my response to to all of it um up until high school when i truly realized that that was what was happening Mm -hmm. um i think god just kind of put like a peace and a calmness in my heart, you know, reminding me that, you know, we're fallen, you know, racism and and discrimination and alienation of people, just, just people just not loving in general, that's a manifestation of sin. And um, so I just was reconciled with that thought. And, you know, even to this day, I, even though I may still face instances with feeling that alienation, I just remember that. And that's really where my comfort lies. Yeah. That's so good to be able to like receive uh, the peace peace of God. So like in that though, because I know you were talking about moving when you were nine and just, just feeling alienated and doing things to fit in. What type of things or like what pain did you cover up or pretend like didn't exist in order to fit in? Or was there some sort of like, initial wound that like would be opened with kind of um like little comments um or things like that that would repeat that would like reopen that wound um well I will I will start with this um that it it definitely began with name calling and Mm. and like that um I I don't really want to like get into like the 
finite details of the name calling, yeah. but, um, you know, it kind of just like blurred all together. But I remember that happening. And I remember um, my uh, outrage about it. Like I was upset about it. And I think the wound that I had to cover up really was my anger. Um, because being a woman of color, being a black woman of color, um, you know, I, I found that I had to hide my anger because already people saw me as someone who was aggressive, someone who was a threat, someone who was violent. And um, I had to learn to become silent. And it, it hurt. It really did. Because I, I saw that people who were white, who would have probably the same kind of feelings if they were being picked on because of their skin color or just picked on in general, they would be outraged, but people would respect their opinions in comparison to mine. And I would just be seen as just someone who was just, you know, foolish and just outraged. Hmm. Yeah. And like as a young person, whether you're, you know, 10 in that situation or 15 like that's hard it's hard to like reconcile that I feel like in like your brain it's just really confusing off of that what type of pain do you feel like that you've experienced that you wish that you wouldn't have had to experience how can others who are going through that same pain respond and then also how can from where you're standing someone who is maybe unintentionally or intentionally um, like causing pain how could they be kind I know that was a lot (laughs) no it's okay it's okay um well I would say an instance where I I faced such like and it happened like throughout I'm gonna keep using school as my example because this is mainly where I've experienced it yeah um it happened throughout school um the the pain that I experienced was really when I would try to articulate what I was facing in terms of uh racism or discrimination and I was told that you know it was just something I was making up in my head I was probably lying about it. I was using the race card and, you know, I'm just making these things up. And one instance that really, I think, um, got to me was when I did reach higher education and I was um, a freshman in college and I had been uh, speaking to the dean of students about what I was experiencing in, um, I was I was in music at the time, I was studying music, vocal performance, and I was telling him what I was experiencing with my teachers because um, I just felt like I was dismissed often and looked down upon and the way that they spoke to me in comparison to my peers, because I wasn't just, you know, um, making these assumptions based off of just their plain interaction with me. I was looking at, everybody else's interaction with them and so when I brought this up to the dean he actually said to me you know I I think that you're kind of crazy for assuming that um a white male saying that to me Mm -hmm. um and I think that he didn't even recognize what he was doing um but you know that's okay because I think just in general um when when people bring something that heavy up to your attention it's it's a lot of course you know it's a lot to tackle but i think where we can start is by um enabling people to understand others point of view and you know um 
you know, changing their perspective, changing their perception of racism, because it's not just pointing a finger at somebody like it's, it's you demeaning me, it's you, you know, breaking down my character and, you know, deforming it. And I want to reconcile that I want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think where people can become kind and, um, you know, um, move towards understanding is, is being willing to to change your perspective on it um, and being willing to empathize, being willing to hear people out rather than, you know, jump to conclusions. Mm, yeah, I love that so much. Like, he- like hearing people instead of just like jumping to conclusions because I think that that um, can cause a lot of unnecessary pain instead of just like actually hearing someone's heart man that's a lot thank you thank you for sharing in your like growing up years kind of as a black woman like growing up what were some things that you did to kind of care for your mental emotional and spiritual health when um you were kind of experiencing this type of treatment and like how how old were you too like when you began to become aware that there were things like that you were being treated differently or or yeah um i i would say um definitely started in high school that i became aware because um throughout elementary and middle school there was wasn't much diversity until I reached high school and I began to have more black friends and you know they made me more aware of who I was really culturally and in terms of like walking in the skin that I was in and so they made me aware of what I had experienced um but in, in terms of um in, in terms of uh you know covering up the pain and and reconciling with it and dealing with like um like my mental health and everything like that i would say you know i allowed myself to cry i allowed myself to you know um taking those things that were happening instead of you know just building up a wall and i was just like you know i have to i have to deal with this to, to move forward i have to understand that this is a reality as much as i don't want it to be it's it's my reality and you know um, some people may get upset with that. You know, some people may get mad at God, just like, why did you make me like this? But, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. And, you know, and it really just goes back to remembering people are fallen. And even wow. those maybe in Christian circles, even they, you know, they're being sanctified, but, you know, they're not 100% there. None of us are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just walking in and having grace for people That's was true. one way of me um, coping with that. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really curious because I know that you briefly alluded to like when you came to Christ, like earlier in our conversation. So what was that like for you kind of in the, like, yeah, like how did that happen for you? I come to Christ. Yeah. Um, I, the Lord led me to uh, a church out here um, called the light of the world um, through my mother because uh, it was at a time that I didn't really want to hear anything um, about God or anything like that like I, I knew God existed but I didn't really I don't even think that I wanted to pick up a Bible mm-hmm. uh, but um, you led me to that church and um, I got saved at 14 years old and 
uh, thank God it was actually a very diverse church because I think that's what really brought me the most comfort. Like, um, it made me feel more comfortable easing into this life of Christianity because there were so many different people that God had brought together um, to, you know, reflect his love, to reflect his grace. And yeah. Wow. I feel like that must have been such an amazing, uh, like, experience in having that uh, unity, like, in diversity. Um, That sounds, yeah, that sounds super amazing. Um, So if you could kind of give people advice right now, just in light of everything that we're going through, just in terms of learning and listening, like what type of resources, like books or podcasts or music, like what types are, or people that you think would be uh, good for them to reach out to, or who would you recommend and like what, yeah, what would you say to them? Um, definitely first this podcast, you know, and the different stories that are going to be um, coming out soon, um, as well as uh, a teacher called Dr. Eric Mason. Um, he wrote a book called Woke Church, um, just about um, the body of Christ and, you know, their response to discrimination, their response to um racism other great resources are jackie hill perry her husband preston perry you know they post um i i I could list like a whole bunch of books but they they post those books that i would list so um they have it on their instagram um accounts and i think that those right there like those are very rich resources um in itself and um in terms of like just educating yourself just as a person um I would say to study things like, you know, cultural anthropology, learning cultures and learning the origin of them, people, um, psychology as well helps us to understand why we perceive people the way that we do, mm-hmm. um, as well as, you know, learning up on world history, learning mm-hmm. about history of other um, places and, and countries aside from our own, because I think mm-hmm. um, one thing that distorts our view of people is like when we just kind of have a pigeonholed view of like the world in general. So, you know, just yeah. broaden your view and educate yourself. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love that you brought up um, like looking at world history and like looking at other histories, because I feel like that can really help with um, bringing perspective and yeah, I think that that's really um, something that I want to be doing more of and just like taking that posture of life student and asking questions and continuing to like let myself um, be fo- like be formed because we're all in that process <laughs> of, of formation. Um, before we kind of end, if people want to hear your song, how can they do that? <laughs> um, well, you guys can head over to um, my Instagram. I have two different Instagrams. One, um, just my main Instagram where I post um, and also music Instagram. One is Brittany, not Brittany um, and Brittany Borgella. Um, and I'm both at the top. I have a link tree that you can tap on that will give you access to all uh, retail platforms where my song is available. Yes. So good. And also, if you guys do want to connect with her outside of that, she also gave you her other Instagram to connect. 
Can I ask you, you totally don't have to do this and we can cut this out, but um, would you pray over just like whatever's on your heart for our nation? I would just love that if you're willing to do that. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I thank you, my God, uh, for this time that sisters in Christ can come together, Lord, um, to make an impact in our community, to make an impact in our world, to be lights um, in a world that's just so dim and just so dark at this time, my God. Father, I pray for the person who is listening right now, um, and I pray that you would just calm their heart and that you would put peace in their heart, Lord God, and that you would allow them to love their enemies, love those who may be showing hate towards them, or they see on the media and news that are just full of hate and um, in evil, my God. I pray, Father, that um, what they see won't just uh, initially make them outraged, but my God will make them have a desire to go out and to preach the gospel, to preach the good news, because at the end of the day, all of these protests and these riots, yes, they're great to um, to bring uh, awareness to what's happening, but at the end of the day, the only thing that can uh, resolve the condition of a fallen man is your son, is the blood of Christ. And so, my God, I pray that um, this would encourage us to go out there to um, be disciples and to make disciples at this time. And um, I pray for the person um, who's on the other side listening. Um, and I pray, Lord, um, that you would just bring to remembrance who you are in their hearts, Lord, and um, not allow them to get caught up in the media, not to allow them to get caught up in social media either, and to remember that you are bigger than all of those things, that you are uh, much more powerful than those things. Help them to remember your attributes, that you are a powerful God, you are all-knowing, um, and that there's nothing that can stop you. You are the King of glory. So I pray that you would put that in their hearts and in their minds, and that they may walk in that, and, and walk knowing that their Father Father has their back. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brittany, this was so good. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for sharing. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I want to encourage you to connect with Brittany by clicking on the links in the show notes. Also, everyone needs to hear her new song, an offering, so be sure to download that on iTunes and support her. Secondly, check out the resources she has suggested. They're all in the show notes as well. Stay tuned for more stories later this week. Finally, I'm going to invite you to receive a blessing. I'm going to ask you to open your hands in a posture of letting go and receiving. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Till next time, bye.